Okay. Yeah, there's Aki. <laughs> Lisa and Habs. Wait, that's my 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 countdown. That's no 10-second countdown. All right, let's just get going. Hey, everybody. It is Wednesday night, February 10th, 2021, and it is time for our next installment of Ted Treks as we continue our Star Trek original series rewatch with my dad, Ted. Let's bring him in next. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing good here in the cold. Yeah, that's yeah. Here in the cold dead of February, here in this in this lockdown season, um, yeah. it it's um it's a cold one. Jeff Mater, our, my brother, your other son, will not be with us tonight. But let's bring in our next panelist, uh, Adam Woodward. How are you doing tonight, Adam? Hello, Ted and Dave. I'm good, thank you. And we're coming out of the lockdown. It's coming out, coming down. Yes, good news. Yes, coming soon. Hopefully soon. Uh, I'd like to see my son and others and other people as well, um, eventually. Um, Jody, how are you doing tonight? Bringing in Jody Hello. Simpson to talk Hello, here about the Galileo 7, uh, the, well, either the 17th episode or the 13th episode, depending on which calendar you go by. But here in the original series, the first uh, season, um, as this was the uh, it featured the shuttlecraft Galileo, which is the seventh uh, or number seven shuttlecraft of the Enterprise. But it is also it also had seven crew members uh, who are the Galileo Seven, if you will, of this episode. And Dad, you picked this episode, and let's. Uh, I did. I, no, no sorry. Well, it's been a whole week. How can I? I it's okay. It all. No, you Doesn't really matter. Okay, then it. Jody, you picked it. Then I'm going to you first. Are you Jody. okay? Well, yeah. Why not? You picked it. So sure. it's Jody. Do you still love it? Yes, very good episode, hey, I think. Hi. What? Yeah, just keep hearing da ding, da ding, da ding. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, no, I, I think it's a great episode. The best thing about it, obviously, is it's a very Spock-centric episode. Um, obviously, guys there as well, but uh, we don't get as much a Kirk as we normally get, which you know, to some is very good, and to others, it's very bad. But in my opinion, it's the it's the uh, it's definitely a better episode than a lot of the other episodes that are available, uh, especially for a season one episode. I think it's probably one of the best season one episodes for sure. Uh, and I would say it's probably in my top 10 for uh, original series episodes as well. Okay. Well, that's yeah, I, strong convictions about this episode. Dad, do you agree with Jody? Do you think this is one of the best original series episodes? And uh, what else do you think of it? Sort of a high level before we get to Adam. I thought it was a pretty good episode. Yeah, it was uh, kept you going. Uh, it was very um, kept you kept you didn't really know what was going to happen uh, right up to the end, and uh, it was uh, it was a good story. So yes, it was a great episode. Did you have a favorite part of it, like something that stood out? Well, I uh, I only have one question, which which I didn't know what the answer is, and maybe you guys know, but uh, what is the maximum amount of people that the transporter can transport? Uh, the, In the original series. Yes. Well, I think each room can do as many slots, and I think there's about. I six think it's slots. six slots, isn't there? Yeah, but they, they have more than one transporter. Originally, and it went down to obviously two bit kill. Them. So it was five when they when they finished, and I, I'm just wondering what would happen if they tried to beam, uh, you know, if there was say let's say even there were six guys and they only had five, what would have happened? Yeah, there's some interesting transporter questions I think we need to address here, especially how the ending when they transport the survivors out and yeah, how that yeah, worked. But yeah, well, they say earlier in the episode that they couldn't transport something because it screwed it up and they they didn't want to risk it or something. Yes. 
Um, yeah, yeah and there's a, there's some there's some tra- this is first season and, and one of maybe one of the more prolific uses of the transporter as a sort of a, a like a rescue device. Uh, especially. Well, this is yeah. this is also the first use of the shuttlecraft as well. It's like, the first use of the shuttlecraft. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. Yeah, and and Adam, 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 we haven't got into you yet. So the Galileo Seven, um, uh, where 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 do you put this in sort of the pantheon of the original series, and uh, what do you think? I, I haven't seen this episode in decades, literally. And uh, as a kid, I remember being very frightened of this. You know, the growling and the spear chucking, and and the 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 uh, natives of the planet. However, um, it's still, it stood up in a different way for me. And, you know, we'll talk later about it, but, you know, Spock's leadership is interesting. Yeah. Um, the commissioner on, on the Enterprise himself, that guy. Or, um, so there was a, a couple of things. I really liked the episode still, um, but in a different way than I would have thought I did last week, you know, hearing we're going to do that episode today. So, hmm. yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, thank you, Adam. Yeah, like it's uh, I, there's a lot that stands out here. Um, I think that this is a strong, really strong episode, and I think that uh, in in particular the script I think is really well done. But it almost um, th- th- to me this episode almost plays like a like a like a stage show or a play or something. It's it's more yeah. of an actor's episode. Would you agree, uh, Jody? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. Um, I think the interesting thing we get to see here, really, the the kind of the moral of the story in a way is that the logical route isn't always the best route. And I, it's, it's kind of nice to see, in a way, you kind of see Spock accept that, but in a way you don't. Um, so it's kind of, it's still, at the end of the episode, you're still kind of like, Spock's just kind of like, eh, kind of thing. But <laughs> it, it's it's interesting to see that even if he goes through his logical steps, people are going to die. And it almost seems like that's not logical to him, but in reality, that's how life works. Uh, You know, even if we do the logical thing, even if we wear a seatbelt, we can still get thrown through the windshield. Like it, it, it it can happen. Uh, And I think that's kind of a, it's almost like a reality check for like, for the character, uh, which I felt was, um, and getting back on the point that you mentioned earlier with the stage show kind of presence, it really is. It's, it's almost unlike it, it, it would have been like a stage show kind of thing because it's very actor centric. There's there is some action obviously, but it's not a lot of action. Um, and but less music. Did you find there was like a lot less use of way the score? less music? Yeah, which honestly, that's the one thing. If I had to critique the episode, I would say maybe a little bit more wouldn't have been a bad idea. Um, but I thought for the most part, you know, obviously the conflict between Kirk and um, I can't remember the guy's name. The high commissioner. Uh, the high commissioner, yeah. Uh, the the conflict between them two uh, was probably the worst dialogue out of the entire episode, I thought. But um, but overall, just like everything that happens on the planet and Spock and Scotty and the banter going on between all of them um, is kind of interesting. And even to the point where people are kind of resenting his actions, even though they are the logical ones. Um, so I think overall it's a, it's a, it's a very complex episode and I'm, I'm really interested to hear what Adam's going to say because I know he was going into this. He was kind of like, you know, I remember being scared about this episode and obviously you're not scared now, but um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to hear uh, what your thoughts are on that as well. Yeah. Well, and, and Adam, I, I have a, a couple questions. One of the questions I definitely wanted to ask you was about the high commissioner. You mentioned it was like the weakest dialogue, um, but the other thing too is that what is a high commissioner and what does 
What, what, I don't know. What, I couldn't quite Commissioner follow. Commissioner smokes a lot of weed, I guess. I don't know. I couldn't quite follow the setup for this episode. So it's like well, the high commissioner has to go to a planet to get some medicine or something or other started. I'm sure I could look up the, the synopsis here and try to piece that together. But it it's like it's clear that it, it's a, he's a lot. It's a long example of episodes where there's some like authority figure on Kirk's shoulder, telling him he has to go do something, leave his, his yeah, shit. They're delivering behind. medical supplies to Marcus Street. Deliver yes. medical supplies. Yeah, there's some kind of mission of mercy. And 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 this is not the only time in Star Trek they do this. They do this a lot. Not oh, just no. With Kirk. This is, not just this with is Kirk. one of those generator episodes for sure. <laughs> uh, like Next Gen does this a lot. And Deep Space oh. Nine does this a fair bit. Voyager doesn't really do this because they don't really have the... They don't have anybody to rescue. <laughs> And they have no admirals or any authority. No, no one's bitching at them behind them. Yes. The familiar trend on this is that it seems like every time there's a high commissioner or a, an admiral or a, one of those kind of guys that, are, that can like overrule Kirk and take over the ship, uh, they all turn out to be like basically assholes. Who are, who are, there's like, only one really, exception to that, and that's uh, in Next Gen. Well, I don't know. I'm not talking about that series, though. But, but, but every um, time in the original series, yes. They're all, they're, like, they're all like really kind of guys you don't like. The Admiral from the Best of Both Worlds episodes, I, I think, in my opinion, is the best well, Admiral. He, in but yeah, but he, he's not as presented as like making them do something against their will. As no, but he is presented as being a total dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Will Riker's being an ass to him the whole time, but anyway, that's a that's another series for another discussion. Yeah, yeah, but just I guess like, um, what I guess what are we supposed to take from it though? Like, that's that authority figures. What is the more the moral of the story? If there is, or when we get this sort of trope in <laughs> the moral TV. of the story is never let anybody above Kirk on the damn ship because there's always something stupid that happens after. This is yeah. like an anti-bureaucrat message. Bureaucrats are 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 just—they don't get it, man. They just don't. What'd you it. say, Adam? Well, I mean, you know, but you know, you go to the the good 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 of the many away the good of the few, and and yeah. you know, he's trying to deliver medicine to a planet. He's got a mission too, right? Oh and, yeah. But but what I found annoying about him was that con. And you're right, the dialogue sucked. It was it was just like we've got 24 hours, we've got seven yeah. hours. Like, you have 24 right. hours, Kirk, and then the door closes. Like he's very aware <laughs> of his timeline. I, I get yeah. you know, he, like it just I just didn't like. It's like the boss that I can't stand telling me when this I got to. And, and this is like what the 23rd century, 24th century. I'm so, sure they have a chronometer somewhere. Hey, they must the have a chronometer somewhere. Like every ship has a chronometer. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. For like, sure, yeah. Well, Kirk can tell time. I'm sure that's a prereq. Yeah, he's up there. I, I had no him. doubt in my mind that Kirk was going to leave. Like he, he knew his mission. He knew he had to leave. Oh yeah. Get his, oh yeah. You know, so he didn't need this guy chirping over his shoulder the whole time. And that, that's that's I, I just didn't I think like, it was just dialogue to have dialogue. Uh, yeah. But I, Kirk never loses his temper. He's like, I would really no, appreciate it if good. he left. Uh, it would have been better if he did. I thought that would have been funny. This is maybe Kirk at his most professional in this kind of a setting, right? Where he's for, you know, the yeah, loyalty looked, of his, of his guys. He actually had his hair cut and he looked good. Right. And then, Are yeah. You Picard, get off my damn bridge, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Picard, Picard has been known to, yeah. He uh, pushes Picard back kicks against... people off. Like, Kirk, Kirk doesn't really <laughs> kick anybody off. But Kirk's a younger captain than Picard, right? At this point in his life, and yeah, um, yeah. and and so there's kind of also I think Kirk is 
He has a hard time standing up. He's, he believes in the chain of command. He's at the top of the chain of command on his ship normally. And he, when he's in these situations where he's suddenly not top dog, it's always how he reacts to it is interesting every time. Is always, I, I always how, think it's funny too how they quote, you know, section you know, 91, paragraph two, you know, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the regulations. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I went to school, I went to the academy. Uh, Dad, uh, what did you think of the use of coffee cups on the bridge uh, for uh, during the search sequences here? Those were some interesting uh, styrofoam look there. Uh, yes, it was. Yes, I wonder, uh, uh, is that the first time they'd ever used those? That's the first time I've seen it, I think, in this. You don't see it often in the original series, that's for sure. Yeah. Even in, even in the series after, like next gen i don't remember them ever having a beverage on the bridge like it was always like he was in his ready room or you know something like that so it's like i, I, I it, it is kind of odd to see what'd you say that i said i've seen him do it a couple of times yeah 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 um and just yeah like what about all the women on the bridge a lot of women a lot of had a ton of women on the bridge and cam the camera work this is kind of consistent with season one where the camera work is, is less stationary. The camera moves and they, and they tend yeah. to do these shots where it was more handheld. It was like an above, above shot. Yeah. yeah, they had above shots. They would have like sort of like Very even much. in the shuttlecraft set where there's no score, you can kind of, you can even hear the footsteps. You know? Yeah, they were like uh, much more I, I like exploratory on that stuff. I like the shot when they showed the shuttlecraft coming out of the back of the Enterprise. Which I don't know if I remember seeing that. Before. That was yeah. That's part of that's part of the um, that's the part remaster. of the remasters. That's a remaster. Yeah, that right? cool. cool Same one. thing with the nebula. The nebula that they show, like the green nebula, yeah. was just smoke in the original version. <laughs> yeah. So, so we got a couple of shots here from the episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the CG one. So that's the remaster. Yeah, they do it. There's quite a bit of exterior effects in this and yeah. space. That's remaster as well. I like yeah. the little kickstand that you had in the back of the thing. Did you notice that? Yeah, the little kickstand that uh, give it a little pop up there. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's actually for. I think that's for if they come in on hard landings, they have like the line that they can hook up to. Right. Kind of like they do on aircraft carriers to slow down aircraft. Yeah. It's an interesting design. It's very boxy looking. Uh, hey, <laughs> I have that picture. It's back there. <laughs> back there too. Yeah. Well, it just. But at the time, like they, this is a real practical prop too that they built this thing. Yeah, um, that's not CG. That's 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 the problem. You know, so they had yeah. to make something. I think that they had something more grander in mind. But Dad, you've talked about this before. I think you, it looks you don't, great. You don't love this design per se, right? But um, well, it looks pretty. Like not not as fancy as like the ship. It looks kind of, you know. Right. A, you know. Yeah, but if I was a kid in the '60s and saw that, I'd be like, "That's awesome." Yeah, I, I'm sure many kids got that model for Christmas. Well, yeah. that was the. Um, I was reading something earlier today, and that was the first shuttlecraft that Hallmark did uh, for their um, for their Christmas uh, ornaments. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, there was a button on it that if you hit it, Spock would wish you a Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> And here we see the uh, the Galileo Seven, if you will. All you know, the two of them uh, don't make it. It's not the red shirts. It's actually the gold shirts that die. Um, yeah, that, uh, what's their names? Latimer and um, and Gaetano. 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 
Yeah, they were the two, well, especially Gaetano. He was the hothead of the group, uh, along yeah. with Boma. The Boma was not uh, so nice with Spock. But this this mission is all, this episode is all about seeing how Spock does as a leader and how he does yeah. it in command of this mission. The, really, why they're out there doesn't really, is kind of such an afterthought, doesn't really matter. Yeah. It's just sort of they're out there, they're lost, they have to find them now. Um, and how the crew is a little bit prejudice like, or they don't like Spock uh, they don't like you know, the, the way he does things like, they don't really believe in him um it like well, it is... Scotty Scotty doesn't get involved but McCoy always seems to go against Spock so the, the bone um I mean Gatano and Latimer kind of went with with um McCoy Boma. and Boma yeah Boma and, 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 uh, who's that Boma I I don't know. Boma never came back. They want they intended for him to be coming back, but they, I read it up that he had they he got put on some other show and he didn't uh, do it after this. And the the seventh the woman uh, Yeoman Mears, um, the one that they keep telling to shut up all the time. Yeah, so she's like she's the lo- <laughs> she's also the lowest ranked among them. So yeah, you, you know. But well, uh, every time she would say something, they'd be like they'd just interrupt her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But she 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 makes it out of this. Um, yeah. But she she's kind of neutral in this fight between this kind of civil war that breaks out almost right from the from the beginning. So as as soon as they crash on the planet, like Scott Scotty's trying to fix things, and he's like, okay, like if we can even get up in the air, uh, we're gonna have to shed five hundred pounds. And Spock explains that there's very little that they can kind of just throw off the ship. Like that, that's probably have to be people if that is and then this whole thing well which three people will go and how are you going to decide and it gets like boma especially i think is very like he's just like he's he's the he's obviously in the wrong he's always he's 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 the the, i think this is kind of the thing with the episode is it good writing is it not it's kind of both for me because he's boma is like one of these characters that just doesn't seem real you know in the way how angry he is right away at spock well, he's situation. completely insubordinate too, which is something yeah, that, you didn't normally you didn't normally see in the original series. Like almost everybody kind of meshed all the time, so it was kind of neat. I thought to see the fact that there are people that don't agree with like the command people and stuff like that. Like we saw it more, in, especially in season three, we see a lot of a lot of the banter between like different crew members. But I think in the first season, you don't see a lot of it, and I think that's the that's one of the other things that I like about this episode. It's a little bit, it's, it, it, it doesn't follow the same kind of thing that they follow with almost all the other episodes of the season. I think it's, it's weakness though, honestly, because, you know, I, I in my mind, Starfleet personnel, uh, Starfleet officers, particularly have training. You follow the, follow the line, man. He's your commander. And Oh Yeah. <laughs> Now, right or wrong, like Spock was wrong. I mean, he's he's got some adapting to do as a leader, and and especially with different races and different emotions and whatnot. But at the same time, you can't have that lack of discipline that was happening down there. And and you know, we need to shed two people. They should be standing up and going, "Okay, I'll stay." You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, you would see that now. And everybody was, was a lot more selfish. Yeah, they were all like, kind of like, "Not me, not it, not it." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like you couldn't get away with that in the, in the like say the Canadian or the U.S. military, you couldn't get away with it 
questioning an officer on something like that. Well, but in a way, I think that's almost that's almost a nice thing to see in this because the fact that it it, it shows us that this organization isn't perfect. It has the same problems that like militaries do in today's age and back in the 60s and all that where you have you have the occasional person who's insubordinate they're there because people keep punishing them and keeping them there right but right? the problem so, here is jody is that you have the doctor who's on equal footing as as spock and you know almost the captain but certainly the spock yeah and he's he's egging them on like he, he that he, to me spock kirk um Buck Kirk and the doctor should be should be but, but you also have to remember the way that the doctor was treated as a position he was not the third ranking officer so when even though he should have been he's not because for instance when you know Spock and Spock and uh, Kirk are away who takes command of the uh, of the thing it's not McCoy it's Scotty well, so with that it's 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 I, I understand what you're saying, and I completely agree with you. Uh, but I also, if we look at it from the aspect of how you know we're building, we're building a franchise here. This is the 16th or the eighth or whatever fucking episode it was. Yeah, uh, in the airing, in the middle, you know, it's in the middle. We're not at that point yet where we've established that. So I can understand. I can let it slide in this. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Where but, but, but yeah, you're, but sorry, sorry. I, I just wanted because he had talked about Scotty, and I was I kept like. Because yeah, McCoy is kind of I agree, Adam. At McCoy's role in this and sort of subverting Spock's authority and sort of uh, kind of cracking under pressure, yeah, uh, it is kind of like it's not it's not super admirable. But then Scotty, Dad, you had mentioned is kind of like just kind of like a, a, a an absent, silent uh, party. You know, you can you can read into it that he's just busy. He's, he's doing his damn job. That's what he's doing. He doesn't have time to worry about <laughs> Spock's authority. Concerns. I don't think he even noticed it because he was so busy on the underside of the ship and doing stuff to try and get it back working. I disagree mm -hmm. with that. I think he noticed it because there was times where he would stop and kind of look and stuff like that. So yeah. I think he noticed yeah. it, but I also think he's got a fucking yeah. job to do. He's got a bunch of people that need to get back, and the only way that it's going to get back is if this damn shuttle gets made. Yeah. So, but I'm sorry. I, 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 I you had a thought before. I, um, do you want to just jump into that? Yeah, I think that when you look at Spock's leadership role here, he was, again, I, I, I'd expect more from him. You know, he's oh, on, yeah. a, he's on a, a ship full of humans, and he's the odd one out. And knowing knowing that he has a human mother and knowing his he went through Starfleet Academy, he's got to know what makes people tick. And in a role as the second first officer of the ship, pardon me, he, he should... You know, it's all about motivation. You gotta, everybody's different, and and so, so how did he motivate people? He he, I don't think he he, he played that role very well. No, I don't think it was his best episode, Spock. I think he was a little bit weak, uh, but um, he somehow pulled them out of a, 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 a rabbit out of the hat, if you will. But um, yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't think he was that strong in this episode. He 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 ignited the plasma, Dad. At the end, he he did something completely. He did. He did. But but to me, I think that's the reason why they did this, because we have to have logical Spock through the whole episode. And he was logical um, for the most part, even though it wasn't technically the right choices. They were still pretty logical choices. Like it, you, it could be argued that they are logical choices. And to have and to have that ending where he decides to go not logical just shows the fact that there's growth. So 
to me, I actually think it's almost necessary to have them like this to be able to end it the way they ended it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I totally understand where you guys come from. It, it, this isn't the character that we know. Uh, yeah. But this is also a circumstance that we've never seen him in, right? Adam, we're, we're, we have the benefit of seeing all the other episodes, right? Yeah, yeah. We've seen the movies, we've seen all this stuff, right? Well, yeah, and everything's coming. I'm, I'm also thinking about yeah. the prequel that's gonna that's like that has already come in terms of we've seen the younger, the ten year younger version of Spock in Discovery, and that's gonna continue into Strange New Worlds. So my question for Adam is like. How do, um, they're going to have to be? Are they not going to have to be careful with how they're going to, what stories they're going to tell her with that, with that version? Or the, it's the same Spock. It's just a different actor, a younger version, and um, and and they, they can't put him in situations where he's in command because he hasn't lived these events yet. Hmm. I, you're right. I think he's the younger version. He can't. He's an ensign, right? In, in Discovery, a and I, he's a lieutenant in Discovery. He's a lieutenant. Okay, but regardless, you don't see too many lieutenants in control or in, in command. You could, he could be on a away team or something on a planet, but not not in in, in control of the ship. Um, right. And you know, I'm going to go back and and do what I ever do. I always do every episode. Think back 1967. Thanks, Ted. <laughs> um, you know, back then. That's called the Ted track, right there. Yeah, it's. <laughs> You know, for then it was probably a really, you know, I mean, you're right about a couple things, Jody. Is like this is the 16th episode or 17th or eighth, whatever, and yeah. you have, um, you know, they're trying to establish his character too, and really this is his first role, right? Is his first breakout role. I mean, the episode was about Spock, not not Kirk. Oh yeah, this is the first centric episode to him. Yeah. Yeah. So you really defined the logic uh, premise of this character here. You know, in my my opinion, the whole. I mean, he was. Yeah, you know, let, let's get to the the goal here. Never mind the funeral. Who cares? And and that was wrong too, by the way. They should never be asking like let's do a burial service in the middle of the crisis. Like that can wait. <laughs> like, well, yeah. that's true. And if you look at that decision, though, even though it was a cold decision, it was the right decision. It was the right decision. The, the crew, but everybody shafted him for it. And Spock it's... tried to throw them a bone. He's like, "Fine, you can have your dumb illogical service. I'm going to try to." Yeah, my, my goal is to get all the people that are under me back home. And that's yeah. and that was his goal from the beginning of the episode. And, and why did he order that guy? Why did he order Gaetano to stand guard there in that that, that little area by himself, though? Like, uh, I didn't get that. Uh, he's like, hey, Gaetano, you stay here. Make, yeah, that didn't make a lot of sense to and me. Gaetano's like, what? But he doesn't. But he's had so many lectures at that point about following orders. He's like, I guess. Yeah. And then and then the, the big furry. Um, her huge creature, huge furry creatures, as that other guy says. Uh, the, the one of the search party says later on, they came, they kill, they kill another guy. So ten, what's the three? The body counts three for this episode. Like there's one off-screen well, death. There's two, isn't it? No, but one of the search party guys dies. Remember how Kirk uh, has to yeah, check in with that guy? Yeah, three total. I think on it's the three viewer, total. and he's like, man, these big, huge furry creatures attacked us while we were looking. We, well, because he beams down. Um, oh, yeah. search parties later on right yeah. and there's another guy who gets a dislocated shoulder but he but the you know but there was at least one other guy who dies on top of uh what was the latimer and gaetano um in this whole in this in the th so three people uh but well just did five survived they put a shuttle out there and and put all that those key crew members on it in a in a your doctor, like your chief engineer, your first officer, and then admittedly about four other people we don't care about. So yeah. um, that, that have less. But yes, it, it seemed like 
five minutes before they have to go on a very important mission to somewhere else. And this is uh, the criticism that High Commissioner Ferris has for Kirk. <laughs> and it's, it might be a fair one. I don't know. We don't we, we don't get a lot of background on why that shuttle was out there in the first place. Um, is Kirk? But Kirk Kirk wouldn't give up the, the search. Rescue. The rescue crews, they lost some guys too, didn't they? Is, did you mention that? Yeah, that's what I say. Yeah. At least one guy. At least one one of the search crew. Died. Yeah, we know of at least one. And then there was obviously the two from this party. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but you, but when, when, if I could just comment on Scotty too. I think that his role is interesting because he, he is the chief engineer. So he's got some some um, rank, you know, and... And he he's like head down. Like that is the funniest thing about that episode. Is he just head is in that hole, not saying much. And 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 you know what? He, I think Scotty's the the unsung hero of this episode. Honestly, he just does his thing. He always saves the ship. And yeah. Scotty is the only one that did everything the way he was supposed to do it. Yeah. Well, what about this Realistic. whole this whole his whole solution, his miracle worker solution here? So he's like, okay, guess what? We have no power left. We have no fuel left. But if I drain our phasers. And this is after they've had their first encounter with the huge furry creatures of this planet <laughs> with their, their, their words, not mine, um, to describe them, uh, that they, that's their only way to defend themselves. They'll, they'll have to just hope that the, the hull will protect them, like the, the structure of the ship itself. Um, Dad, what did you think of this solution? Does it, does it just kind of raise the stakes of fear and, and sort of like, uh-oh, or it's just what you got to do? What 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 do you mean? Uh, the the solution of our solution to save ourselves, it, like to get out of here, is that we have like our we have to give up our only defense. Yeah, you know? yeah, um, yeah. I think they had no choice. Uh, they had that was the only way they were getting out of there. So, uh, yeah, if if it didn't work, they'd have to try and beat up those big monsters with rocks or something. Uh, Boma didn't like it. Uh, he, he, they, no, he he didn't like anything. He didn't like anything. That guy was. Such I a actually painter. think he was racist. But was somehow that, they got five people on that on that ship that could only take four originally. Yeah, they they were kind of inconsistent with with that part. Maybe, but it was all it was about the five hundred pounds, and uh, maybe those two guys somehow added up yeah. to five hundred pounds. Uh, so we need to get four. we need to get one of those like you know the more you know. Things that they have for the things, but it's like start convenience. They could take out two of the seats because uh, they didn't need them. Yeah, did they throw their tricorders and other things out? Yeah, well, maybe they did, and the two seats that they didn't need. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, I didn't notice on the way back is if there was two empty seats. I didn't really see, but okay, we were talking about the transporter and just like the sort of the, this uh, this ending that they had, where they beamed them out at the last second, um, and they were all sitting down in their seats, and and Jane go, we're watching, I was watching Jane, and she goes, so did they when they materialized on the transporter pad, are they like sitting down and does, they don't have a chair, so do they just fall on their butts? And <laughs> it's a good question. Now we've seen we've seen in later series in like next generation and some of them where people can be changed from position. People sitting down can be made to be standing up when they materialize, but they never quite explained this in the original series. Uh, but it does kind of beg the question. In, in if reality, you... the transporters break you down molecule by molecule and then put you back together. So when they yes. put you back together, they can put you back together standing up. 
I guess right. that's the logic. I guess that's the logic, <laughs> but you would that, wouldn't that be incredibly disorientating for you? Because one minute you're honestly, that's not even the worst problem I have with this. The worst problem I have with this is those seats on that damn shuttle. Did you notice they're all plastic? Uh, Imagine falling into one of those damn things in the middle of like some rough uh, turbulence. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, they had they had like these big bucket seats, right? Yeah, but they're <laughs> but they're like they're massive and they're just plastic and they're obviously plastic. Can you bring up a picture of the shuttle on the way back? Uh, when before they uh, before it blew up. Uh, I just, I just have the, I have this shot like at the very beginning. Uh, this is what the, you can see there's seven seats there. Now yeah. on the way back, can you notice if two of the seats are empty or two are gone? I don't have a shot from the ending, but uh, Jody, if you have it, the episode up uh, there, I'll see if I can find it. Hold on. Yeah. Just jiggled. Yeah, I don't know. Um, if they, I, it would make it would be the smart if they, they if there was place like just the design, the interior design. The even like these uh this where is it? Is there I, there's a control panel that they're working at one point, um at the front like at the in the cockpit of the uh in the front of the ship. It's just it's kind of an odd, um, configuration and like just like the way the, where things are to the in relation to the seats. It's almost like you're on a uh, a passenger vessel like like a bus or something, and you're just sitting back. I guess because the idea is this thing kind of flies itself a little bit. You know. It's not as much of a, a thing you have to maneuver. There's Scotty and Spock trying to fix the thing. But yes. Yeah, I just like, okay, the, but the, yeah, the mechanics of beaming is sort of like, and what it, what would it feel like to be beamed in general, um, especially in that kind of a situation uh, where you're, even even if you're sitting or standing or breathing in smoke one moment and then the next moment you're not, it, it, it does kind of spark the imagination. Of course, we will never know. I don't think that they're going to uh, invent transporters while we're around, but who knows? It's not, it's not impossible. Crazier things are. So, Jody, you got, got your... What? It would sure save the airplanes and stuff like that if you could just beam somewhere. Yeah, think about it. and yeah, less there'd be less uh, uh, transmission of viruses and things like that. I'm gonna go to Portugal. Beam me to Portugal. <laughs> yeah, I'll be back well, for and, dinner. And, yeah. Well, that's the and then, and in the future, like if you live on Earth in the 23rd or 24th century, they especially in the 24th century, they present it as if you want to go to like you know uh, New Orleans for lunch, it's no big deal. If you want to go here and do this, you know, one minute, like so, you can be anywhere on Earth in a, a few moments. Uh, it, it would be it would be nice. Uh, All right, but, so uh, yeah, you can you can clearly see an empty seat behind behind somebody here. Hold on. Uh, hold on. I'm just trying to see if I can find it. Come on. Go back. So he's on the opposite side. So if we look at this, there's definitely an extra seat there behind McCoy. And on that side of the shuttle, there's only three seats because there's the captain's seat and then there's the doors and then there's two extra seats. Right. So there's definitely one extra seat for sure. But I'll 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 keep you guys posted. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep keep going here. Yeah, I, I do like this like ignited plasma uh, factor. That's pretty uh, cool though for the yeah. for the remastered version. Yeah. yeah. 
it's a good moment. And they're even just how they're kind of dealing with death and the fact that McCoy's like, you know what? I'm not even mad at you anymore. Yeah. You, you did something that was not logical. Um, th this is how McCoy thinks. He's just, as long as, as long as Look Spock at that is shit not grin on McCoy there, right? Eh? <laughs> did you see that? Yeah, it's shit grin. He's just like, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could die oh, happy as long as you had to do something inconsistent. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's two, there's two, two seats on the back. Empty. So they don't throw the seats out. So they didn't. But you're right, Ted. If you didn't see the two back, you would definitely, you definitely think there was two seats missing, eh? Anyway, but you know what? I like, don't want to get sued when they when they get back uh, when they get back to the ship. Like honestly, like, those crewmen should be written up. Like you're not going on a great oh. team again. Yeah, smack, smack, Poma. smack. Poma should be written happened. up, especially. I think. Um, who else? Well, the other two died, so you can't write them up. But uh, and none of the others really. Well, maybe McCoy. McCoy might deserve a. McCoy a, needs a needs a slap anyway. It's got to be on his record. Latimer didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, Latimer died before they really were turning on, and he never yeah. got a chance to. Uh, he wasn't even there when they were having the discussion about leaving three people behind. Uh, so yeah. Latimer literally had no beef with Spock at any point that we saw. Latimer was a hero. Yeah. Uh, yeah, give him posthumously awarded the Medal of Bravery for taking the spear, that massively big spear. Uh you know you know what else? else the... A little inconsistent yeah. with the big furry animals or whatever. When... Huge furry creatures. Thank you. One of them dropped the, the shield, their shield, and it was giant. It was as big as a car. Yeah. And then they show up and you go, that's it. <laughs> You know, yeah. just, they show up and they're like this. They're thinking they're going to be like three times the size of everybody. Who are these Bigfoot guys that they had? Um, like, it's a and, Sam Squanch. When they when they killed when they killed off uh, Gaetano and he's just like, yeah, like it was just a fight. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, oh, it was just like it was like this is like, they're really drawing this out. Um, yeah. Well, okay, well, it's a great go. episode. I don't, I, I, I can't see how you can hate this episode. I, I don't hate it. I liked it a lot. Oh no, I didn't say anybody did. I'm just yeah. saying. What, what did, was Gaetano right? Should Spock have fired the phasers at them from the get? And uh, was the preemptive strike the right thing to sort of scare them away? What, would it have been the better strategy, or did Spock do this right? It seems like he did it right, but Spock did it the way that Starfleet would tell him to do it. Uh, yes, that's my answer. But was it the right thing for the mission? What 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 no. what would Kirk have done here? Fired first. He would have fired first. Yeah, I think he would have. It's hard to say. I I I'm I, I the minute I, the minute Kirk sees a weapon, he shoots. Doesn't matter. They got a spear. Kill him. But he's very. But he's very. <laughs> he's a peaceful, enlightened Starfleet guy. He wouldn't. Uh... <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't know. Maybe. It's hard because Scotty is so neutral and like, so it's hard to say what's what Kirk would do. Cause I don't Kirk and finding Scotty are pretty consistent in terms of the decision processes they make, uh, especially in command decisions and the way that the writers usually approach both of them. Um, well, Scotty usually for the most part, just, he doesn't really get emotionally involved in the decision. It's usually just kind of like, we're going to do it this way. Unless he's drinking in a bar. That's true. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring that up. But he wasn't I here, believe but... I did that for a voice for one of the radio theaters. 
Yes, you've done you've done Scotty a number of times, I think. I've done Scotty a couple times, yes. Yes, you have. Uh, okay, well, like just plot wise, is there anything plot wise? Uh, because otherwise, I think we should, we could jump into like the trivia and, and the fun facts. Uh, with Jody, by the way, uh, I guess it's me, is it? You're on deck. <laughs> Jeff's not here, so I guess I got to fill in. Yeah. The, the only thing I, I didn't like was the commissioner. I don't think you needed yeah. him. You didn't need the role. They could have easily just said these guys have to go somewhere. Yeah, we have a timeline. We have to be here by this point. We have to leave the ship. I mean, that was it. It feels like the commissioner was only there to give Kirk more things to say. Maybe. Like, that's really the only thing I can think of. Like, I would have rather they just kind of gave him a base set of stuff and, you know, give me a little bit more on the planet action or... Yeah, the you commissioner, know. like, the only thing I, like, it's weird about him is, like, just this outfit he was wearing. I couldn't quite figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like a golf rain suit. Yeah, it was just, like, the, it was very bizarre, especially with, like, you can't see it here, but the sleeves and whatever he had. Also, In a are, way, though, it kind of looks like the Enterprise uniforms. Hmm. Oh, maybe that's why I don't like it. Uh, uh, it's got the same color, anyway. It looks like the same color. too. Yeah, look at, look at that big furry man there. He did, furry thing. Yeah, with the the, creature. the big fur, huge furry creatures. Their words. Um, <laughs> we gotta stop saying furry, or we're gonna get a whole other demographic. We're for gonna get show. well. Hey, we're trying to <laughs> we're trying to cross over here with get our ratings up. Oh, uh, uh, is that what we're doing? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Whatever. All right. Furry friendly Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huge furry, furry creatures. creatures. Um. All right. Jody, you're on for Fun Facts with Jody. Am I? Okay. Oh, look at that. It even has my name instead of Jeff's. It would have been cool if you could cross it out or something. But anyway, that's that's fine. Uh, All that. right. Anyway, you know how I do this. Okay. First Star Trek episode to focus around Spock rather than Kirk as the main character. Obviously, we've already touched base on that one. Uh, the shuttlecraft was built by AMT, uh, which was in exchange for them gaining the rights to make the plastic model version of it for sale. So the entire shuttle was built based on a model uh, on from a modeling company so they can make the small one and sell it to people. So that was kind of cool. Um, after this episode was filmed, no new shots of the shuttlecraft miniature were taken. All shuttlecraft model shots used in the series were stock footage from this episode, uh, sometimes matted into different backgrounds. So there you go. Obviously, before they did the remasters, uh, they, they, they really used this one. Uh, Ferris is called, quote, Galactic High Com Commissioner because the name United Federation of Planets has not yet been created. Two years later, in Star Trek, the original series, Elaine of Troyes, I'm probably saying that really badly, the term Federation High Commissioner was used instead. So that kind of touches back to what you were talking about there, Dave. Uh, writer Oliver Crawford conceived this episode as a science fiction retelling of Five Came Back, which is a... Thing from 1939, which I'm not familiar with. Uh, what else do we got here? Uh, oh, does it? Okay, well I'll have to look into that because I love I love war I love me war movies. Oh, really? Okay, I'm gonna definitely have to see that. Uh, okay, this episode originally includes Janice Rand, but the script replaced her with Yeoman uh, Marys following Grace Lee Whitney's dismissal from the series. And, so. Okay, and remind me, Grace Lee Whitney's dismissal was around uh, alleged sexual harassment or some kind of quid pro Something like that, yeah. I don't have it in front of me, so I can't really yeah. mention too much about it. I think it. it came up during Miri. 
Yes, it might have Original been Original series thing. classic. Miri. Oh, look, we got Miri in there. <laughs> Bang! Ted, help me here. <laughs> the tan belts, which the phasers and communicators are attached, uh, are attached or makes a reappearance after being gone for several episodes. Oh, Dave, how do you feel about them tan belts? I don't like them. Um, they, they, <laughs> they, uh, they, are inconsistent. They use them sometimes, um, and uh, but other times they don't use them at all. And I'm just like, use them or don't use them. Just what are you doing here? There you, know? you go. Hold on. This next one here is for Adam. The black rectangular instrument at the round of the face and the aft bulkhead of the shuttlecraft is actually a Foxborough controller a device used in the wastewater industry to control the level of sewage in holding tanks. So that's actually what it was, even though that's not what it was probably for in, in the show. <laughs> but that's where it came from. <laughs> that little piece there. That's how they got it. What's that? That's how they got the tail? That's, that's that thing that's hanging down, yeah. Nope, no bathrooms ever in Star Trek. I think they have some sort of uh, transporter technology for that. <laughs> no, they, don't show, they never show us a toilet or anything like that. And, you know, energize. Uh, the, the episode was partially drawn from Spock's breakout popularity that had already occurred early in the show's run. According to Leonard Nimoy, as a result, one writer simply suggested a story in which Spock was seen commanding a vessel. So that's how this episode came about. Uh, I'm just looking for some other uh, good stuff because I don't like to run it as long as some other people do. Oh, yes. uh, the episode that. marks the first appearance in Star Trek of the rank of Ensign, as Ensign O'Neill is mentioned in this episode. So well, before it, that, it's, there, a, it's a naval rank. It's a real so it's it's not a naval that. rank, but just because it's a naval rank doesn't mean that uh, no. they use all the ranks, right? No, it doesn't. You're so, right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's true. So. so. Okay. Uh, John Crawford, in an interview with Starlog Magazine, stated that he had a very unpleasant time in the scenes with William Shatner on the bridge. <laughs> what, the High Commissioner didn't like him? <laughs> he's always getting him into a time. Yeah, well, it is. Stop, or, stop being his clock and you'll be I fine. I have a theory. Is, was that High Commissioner taller than William Shatner? Yes. Yeah, that's why he didn't like him. He's like Shatner doesn't like anybody in a scene with him who's taller than him. He pisses him off. He, uh, but Nimoy's taller than him, right? Like, it, yeah, like, I would imagine. But just, yeah. but just barely, right? Like, it's it's not much. It's like, um, yeah, it just it's just it's just it's an interesting insight into William Shatner's psyche. So, Mister Boma is so resentful of Spock that he is not seen on the bridge with the other shuttlecraft survivors. Is that what he's he's oh yeah they should court martial him for insubordination i, I believe they should i don't know That's what why he, he never came back dave because it was he was never he was he, he didn't never, wanted him so this episode establishes that there is more than one transporter room on the enterprise kirk clearly uses the plural transporters and in other episodes only the singular is used so there so you, you go well, they have more than one transporter room i always thought right on this show? Well, yeah, but this is the only time they've ever acknowledged it, apparently. Okay. <laughs> Just based on the dialogue. But it's, I don't but know. I, it seems kind of silly. Every time we do a first season episode, there's a lot of like this. Is the there's always time. establishing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, beginning of this episode, a somewhat reorchestrated version of the opening theme is played over the opening credits. This new arrangement would be used for the remainder of the first season. I so this was the, the first time that that, uh, that song was uh, done. 
you guys always watch the credits when you watch these episodes or do you skip the credits usually uh it depends on what i'm watching it on if it's on netflix it's very easy to skip the credits so i just skip them but if it's on anything where i have to actually fast forward i don't bother i just listen to it <laughs> i always skip them because now i'm watching netflix so uh, i don't watch them either uh, the device under the flowboards of the shuttlecraft that Scotty is working on is in fact an actual two-gauge pressure regulator with a handle in the center place for adjusting the output pressure. <laughs> so it's it's a normal gauge. It just happens to be in the future. So there you go. Uh, and let's do one final one here. I think we'll... Uh, the tool that will later be the laser beacon in Star Trek, the original series, the Squire of Gothos, is sitting above the nacelle of the shuttlecraft in an early scene. So there you go. How exciting. Anyway, that's uh, kind of fun facts, I guess. So, fun facts. Uh, Thank you, Jody. That was I, I didn't think the... they were as fun as they could have been. Some but fun. They also they were weren't like... as not fun as they could have been. So Some were just interesting. interesting. They were Sometimes okay. It's just interesting facts with Jody. <laughs> Um, but uh, I got one more thing about the plot before we get to ratings, which Please. is this ending. You know how they're like, you know, hey, Spock, you had this like moment where you got emotional. It was you were desperate. You want to admit you were desperate. He's like, no, I'll never admit it. And Spock says he can't tell a lie. So is he lying or or are they just being jerks? And what and more importantly, here's my real question. Why do they think it's the most hilarious thing they've ever seen in their life? Like they, they laugh. They're all laughing. Scotty's laughing from the other side of the room. Or there's other bridge. He's like, ah, ha, ha. Uh, like, Scotty's probably already got into the booze though. At this point. <laughs> he's just got, he just had, he's had a few belts of whiskey. Well, I think, I think Spock even says it in one of the, in one of the movies, he says something like he can't lie, but he can omit the truth. He can exaggerate. He says he can exaggerate or something like that. Yeah. So maybe that's kind of playing into it. Yeah. Dad, do you think that Spock was emotional or, or is he, uh, is he, is he lying to Kirk and the crew or is he, no, I think he, does he, think he's telling he was very logical with what he did. So, yeah, so he's not, he's not, he's not, he's, he's not that he just won't admit it. It's not that his, it's not his pride. He believes what he's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, okay, I just I, I it's always I'm always like I don't know how to read this scene anymore. Um, <laughs> it's definitely an interesting episode to read, like the emotional responses of people, for sure. Yeah, and Spock has no emotion, so you can't really yeah. you can't really see if, if it's if he if it's getting to him or not. So it's okay. Hey, one, one one more comment. I, I, you know, you're talking about the shuttle at the beginning of this tonight, and. The one disappointment for me with Next Gen was they never evolved this this box, you know, into the, the shuttles and in, in the next generation. Like you know, they did well, a the great next gen shuttles were sleeker. No, they yeah, weren't. Okay. Yes, they were. They weren't this big. They weren't this big VW bus like they are in this one. Yeah, <laughs> but it's this still like a little very model. Box. Uh, well, this little model yeah, but you also have to look at it this way, Adam. You know, Volvo has been making boxes for what forty years. <laughs> so. All right, all right. Dave's right. I mean, you got the nice, you know, front. There's a much it, better, cooler angle. Yeah, it's it's a little sleeker looking, but you're right. It it looks like just kind of like a big space car, right? And maybe um, you know, I mean, a box is probably the best use of space, right? I mean, you can get the most in there, but. Well, in space, there's no there's no drafting or anything like that, so it's not a big deal. It's only if you go into a you know into an atmosphere that it's an issue. I can't hear Adam anymore. Oh, he muted himself. 
Sorry, that was not it. I must miss. <laughs> I was saying you can get a lot in a square box inside, not not outside, right? Yeah. Well, the more angles you have, the less room you have to put yeah. stuff in. Like, right? and then the you, run, the I had a Volvo. I had a Volvo, and one time this guy was hit me in the back on the on the four hundred three, and his car was completely wrecked to nothing, and my trunk still opened and closed. So there's there you something go. For those square boxes. Those boxes. That's right. They can be structurally stand. Well, if you look yeah, at it this way, it, school buses have been the same for what, 40, 50 years? <laughs> it's true. But, but knowing that the, the most, the most, the strongest shape in, in physics is a triangle, you think that most things would be very triangular just from structural yeah. integrity. Standpoint. I thought it was an oval. Right, right, anyway. triangle on the back, that guy would have been killed because the triangle would have been right through him. <laughs> Either way, we're also talking about a fifty-some-odd-year-old show. Yep. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's and it's interesting to see how the how the ships have evolved from. The, oh, there from you go, the, Jane. Jane, Jane puts it out perfectly. Borg cubes. Yeah, you want to talk about boxy? It doesn't get much you boxier, can't get than more boxier than a Borg cube. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and they're an advanced space race, so exactly uh, conglomerate. Okay, let's get to uh, ratings. Um, and put some some uh, some numbers behind this episode. So let's start with Jody. You know what, Dave? It, it's rare for me, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give it the good old eight and a half. Woo! Wow! Uh, it, it's 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 everything I want in Star Trek. You ever given such a rating? I have to check. Eight and a half. I don't know if I've ever gone that high. Uh, oh yeah, no, I would have gone that high because you've got you have you've gone as high as yeah. nine nine and a half. But okay, yeah, nine and a half is uh, probably. Uh, what did you get episodes. I have to know. Yeah, let's go up for a minute here. Mary, <laughs> he gave eight it, and a half. Eight. Yeah, yeah muck time. I gave eight and a half. You Ultimate computer was very high on my list. You were very high on 9.2. You have eight and a half here for the trouble with space Tribbles. Seed, nine. Uh, you have a taste of Double Armageddon. Space Seed. Uh, you're very, you are very high on Devil in the Dark. Uh, also Arena. Mirror, mirror, obviously. <laughs> mirror, mirror. You, balance nine. of Terror, yeah. Balance of Terror was the nine and a half for me. Yeah, Balance of Terror. I think you haven't gone higher than Balance of Terror. Well, I can't go much higher, Dave. It's already a nine and a half. Well, I, we I, only I go can't. to ten. We can only go to 10. That would be the only thing out. Every episode deserves some docking. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Adam, where, where, where uh, do you want to go? Well, I have to go higher than Jody, so I'm going to go nine. You have to you go higher. Have to go higher yeah. than me. he has to go higher. Dad? Well, uh, no. Just, eight, just eight, eight point eight. Eight point eight. Sorry, what? Eight point eight. No, Jeff. And... Um, I'm definitely, I'm probably, uh, I'd go nine on this. Um, it's pretty strong. So, uh, except for Boma, maybe. So 8.8. Yeah, Boma brings it down. He brings it down. Uh, but it's, it's, it's really good. Um, especially considering it's time. I do look at, you know, in the, in the 1967 setting, but, uh, 7.7 .7 on IMDb. With uh, a couple thousand ratings, and uh, so that comes out at eight point three. This is a, a very above average episode, and it's uh, it's easy to see why it's so highly regarded. And it's such a better than last episode. week's episode, that's for sure. Overpick yeah. that terrible better mess. than Requiem from Methuselah. I will say that. <laughs> Thank you, Jody, for that. <laughs> I'm just giving you shit, Adam. I know. I know. 
Um, I do we? Someone said they. I think we already had this predetermined, right? What episode we were doing, or or do we know? Uh, somebody had one, but I think actually Jeff was the one that had one. <laughs> okay, then uh, well, I, I I wasn't me, so I'll give you one, Dave. Okay, the changeling. Changeling. Did we not already do that one? No. Nope. Uh, great thing about this. Uh, this data filter is I can. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe. But if it's already typed in there, you'll already have it. Because you already typed it in. Well, I'll see. I'll, but I'll have it more than once if I do. Oh, oh there you go. Okay. So no, we haven't done it before. So oh, good. okay. Let's try that one. Okay, let's try that one. The change laying. I don't know what season. So uh, it doesn't matter right now. All right. Season one. Season one. I think so. Uh, give me a second. I'm finding it out for you. Yeah, it's season one. Season one. Episode. No, it's season two. Season two, pardon me. Season two, episode three. Yeah. At least according to Wikipedia, which means it could be season, you know, it could be episode 17 for all we know. This is the space probe one, right? Yeah. Okay. I know what this the is. Changeling. Uh, yeah. I don't really remember it. Uh, it's yeah. different than Odo. It's different than Odo. Yes, definitely. Okay. <laughs> All right. Odo then. didn't exist in that uh, universe just yet. Sorry. Lights aren't. It's also different than the movie, The Changeling, as well. Okay. Um, sorry, my little... All right, there we go. Okay. Um, so I just wanted to sign off then uh, for the episode. I think we can uh, close the book on the Galileo 7. Um, thanks uh, to all of you and uh, Jody for picking this episode, right? That was Jody's episode who picked this. It was uh, a classic. Uh, I'm glad I watched it. And it, it was a, it was a, some of us can pick episodes a little bit better than others. That's all I can yeah, say. Yeah. Well, you know, the, we got to watch them all. Jody. We gotta watch them all. <laughs> I know we got to get through them all now. But, you know, the biggest problem we have now, Adam is they're all shitty. It's almost all garbage now. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's fewer good. There's fewer good. There's okay. a lot fewer good ones. But I do remember the changeling and I do remember it being decent. So hey, there's there's some stuff. There's still a lot of meat on this bone here on the original series on Wednesday, Ted Trex. Uh also check us on Tuesdays as we continue our Deep Space Nine rewatch as we're taking every episode in order, continuing our three and a half year journey to watch the next show. week. You're finally in season three now, right? Uh no, we're, we're almost done season two. Next week we'll be doing Jem Hadar, the finale of season two. Um, yes. and then we'll be moving on to season three uh, shortly after that. Uh, so, but yeah, we're getting into season three. That's when it gets good. good it's when it gets good. Yes. Yeah. So, because the, yeah. the, the, the first two seasons, eh, it's kind of up and down. There's some good stuff, but there's not. Yeah, they're pretty stuff. average. Yeah, yeah. But but you got to, if you're a completist like me, you got to get it all. And then, uh, and then here we have Wednesdays. And then we also have our back catalog with Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Lower Decks, Star Trek Discovery podcasts and recaps and everything else uh, in the catalog there, as well as some other shows. And we also do Star Trek Radio Theater on the weekends this Friday night we're going to be doing uh we're actually this is a redo You're remaking it i think right we're remaking it uh this is star trek radio theater uh we uh, we're continuing a mirror universe theme 
for this year, but uh, the original series doesn't have a Mirror Universe episode, so we're doing yesterday's Enterprise again. Uh, this was our original pilot for Radio Theater way back uh, last year sometime when we did that. Uh, so uh, that one, when we did it the first time, it didn't have sound effects. It didn't. It had way too much narration. There was a lot of things that were different in the way we do it so now. So this is so. the remaster. This is the remaster. This is the uh, like the the kind of the, the second go. This is the second version of this episode. And so, you got and so much new talent on this one. You got uh, you got Michael now, who wasn't around for the original. You got Adam and Mott and 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 so Kevin. Kevin wasn't in the original. Ah, that's right. Kevin wasn't in the original. Uh, so yeah. yeah. So, so in the case, it's almost of like me, a whole new cast for you. In the case of me, Jane, Jeff, and Ashley, we're all uh, we are the we're the four originals, and uh, we uh, we're all playing one of our roles again or at least one of our roles again in jeff's case he's playing two of his roles again um and uh yeah so we're going to be bringing that on friday night at nine adam you'll be joining us as data in this in this production i'm excited get your, get your uh, computer voice going adam yep. <laughs> <clears throat> you're gonna be an android again it's one of my favorites i love this episode it's going to be it's, it's going to be a lot episode, of fun. Yeah. It's always great to do. Uh, we also have our other channels, which are Super Mater Brothers Podcasting. That's where uh, Jeff and I we talk about uh, a bunch of uh, shows, uh, scripted and unscripted. We'll be doing Big Brother Canada starting in March, as that show is coming back to global here in Canada, and we'll be uh, Jamil will also be along as we'll be covering every episode of Big Brother Canada as that starts next month. <laughs> and uh, and. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the look on Adam's face is amazing. He's like, I'm not on board for this. He, feel, he feels the same way I do about yeah, this. I'm, I'm glad you do that on that channel. Uh, yeah, yeah. You go do that over there, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I've never watched a Big Brother, so I really can't comment ever. Yeah, I, I uh, have, yeah. and honestly, you're not missing much. But yeah, it's, you know it's fine that we keep their own. Separate, but yes, they're in different. Yeah, everybody yeah. likes their own stuff, right? Yeah. Everybody likes their own stuff. You know, I've been watching all, all the uh, Green Acres and, and Beverly Hillbillies. Uh, I take them every day. They're on. Uh, I'm not rewatching those, so don't ask. <laughs> you know what I started to watch this week was the original Twilight Zones. Oh, well, they're neat. They Some of those are cool. Yeah. Where are they, Adam? Where do you get that? Where um, do you find that? Oh, CBS, uh, CBS All Access. Yeah, they have it. CBS All Access? Okay. Yeah, which is I don't know if I get that. Paramount. Um, is that like a CBS? It's a pay service. Yeah, it's a pay yeah. service. It's like a their version of Netflix, basically. Oh, okay. It wouldn't do you any good because other than watching the original series, there'd be nothing else for you to watch on there. <laughs> yeah. It's well, all they, have new, all, Ted. they have all the news. I, watch, I, watch, I love watching uh, uh, crime stories from uh, Europe, like uh, from Poland. and. I watch a lot of the British stuff. Finland. Yeah. I use, my British, I use my UK I VPN to get all the British stuff on Netflix. Find Lost in Space. Anybody know what that is? But the original? I haven't yeah. seen that on any of the streaming services from what I remember. I, Netflix. I don't think it's on Netflix or I would have started watching it because I like the original one. I like, yeah, the original. I, like the, I like the remake. The remake's actually pretty good. Yeah. 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 Very good. Mr. And make sure to check out our our, our uh, other channel, like, Trivial I'm in the middle debates. of a monologue here. <laughs> yeah, Trivial Debates, uh, which is our, our our monthly show where we argue about movies, TV, sports, and more. Uh, Jody and uh, myself and uh, Adam's been on that one. We'll be doing one at the end of February. I haven't even thought about it yet, but we will be doing that. Check out our January episode, uh, which, uh, which, Jody, you were on that one as well. So that uh, that's all there. I won't spoil it for if you haven't seen it yet. So thank you, uh, Dad. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Jody. And uh, regrets you. to Jeff. I guess the Leafs were too important. But until next time, for all of us here. Hockey, hockey, hockey. Live long. <laughs> oh, thank you.